You know, the news in uh, Washington and the restriction of churches, that was the first I had heard. I knew that they were talking about doing it, but I hadn't heard that they had uh, passed that. So we have a missions conference coming up this next week uh, in Washington. So if you would pray for us uh, and pray for the conference, that it would still be a great challenge and encouragement to the, the people and to the churches that we have there. And it's great to be with you here tonight and have an opportunity to share uh, what God's doing, at least a little bit of uh, what's happened in the last 16 years in Vanuatu. We've been there uh, since 2004 when we started out on our deputation. And just, uh, I said it's very beginning, and I say this all the time, that it was an exciting time to go. And it is still an exciting time to be in the country of Vanuatu. There is so much that is happening. We have 85 islands that make up the country. Uh, 83 officially, but there's two that, uh, if you want to ask about those, I'll talk to you about those later, uh, that make up the country of Vanuatu. These islands are about the landmass size of Rhode Island. So it's not a huge amount of land, but it's chopped up. If you chopped up Rhode Island, spread it out over a Texas-sized portion of ocean, that's kind of gives you a little bit of a glimpse of how the nation of Vanuatu is. So the logistics of getting from island to island can be very challenging sometimes. Many people, they will grow up in one island and never leave that island. Many will never leave their village. And so the experiences that you have, the differences in cultures from island to island and even from village to village can have a very different uh, cultures, different languages. There's 118 different dialects that make up Vanuatu. Uh, main languages that we have officially are English, French, and Bislama. Bislama is the common language. It's the, uh, well, it's the language that I preach in. It's the language that if you want to talk to somebody, you need to know Bislama so that you can really carry on a conversation with them. Uh, please go by and have a look at our display. We have our bookmarks there, and on the back there is a small example of uh, Bislama that you can read through. And if you're uh, not quite getting a feel for it, feel free to ask me, and I would be happy to read it for you to get the uh, taste of what the language is like in Vanuatu. It is an amazing language. Actually, I might take just a minute to uh, read this to you. Now, we do not have a good translation in Bislama. The language itself simply does not allow for it. So we use a uh, very good translation that we have, and we use the King James Bible. We preach out of the King James Bible. Everything we do, and in fact, the language itself is influenced from the early missionaries, and it is in many ways based on the King James language. So that is a real blessing for us in the country of Vanuatu. It's, uh, I love the language if you, if you can't. Uh, get a little bit of a feel from that. But John 3.16, this is the, uh, one of the most uh, accurate ways that we could do. And just for an example of what the language looks like in a way that you can compare it with the English. So John 3.16 in Bislam on the back of the prayer card says this. It says, From God, he made love to us, oh man, long world. Ham, and he been given straight boy, long ham. One no more, when we got. More get to anyone where he believe long ham, but by only no savvy lose. That is Bislama, a small taste of it. It is a, an amazing language. It's a very blunt and direct language, so I love that. I was always raised to be very blunt and direct, and uh, one of the best things as a preacher in Bislama is there's usually only one way to say anything. And so you either say it or you don't, 
And uh, that way, if people come through and say, Pastor, you shouldn't have said that. Well, there's no other way to say it. Uh, I can't get accused of choosing the wrong way of saying things. Bislama is a very direct language that way. And it means that when you're talking to someone, they either give you a very direct answer or they put their head down and you know that there's no in-between. You either get a straight answer or you get the head down and you're not going to get any answer at all, uh, which I thoroughly enjoy about the language. Uh, so many things in the culture in Vanuatu, it's home for us now. After 16 years, uh, I couldn't imagine living anywhere else. God has blessed us in this last few years that we were able to get our citizenship, so we have dual citizenship between uh, the U.S. and Vanuatu. Uh, we've been adopted into one of the vid uh, villages in Vanuatu, so I could get a uh, Vanuatu birth certificate saying I was born in that village now is the way that the culture works. After we got our uh, passport, they asked us, well, do you want to go ahead and apply for your birth certificate? And uh, I thought, wait, what? So, no, you can get a birth certificate saying you were born in that island. But I wasn't born in that island. But you were adopted into that family, so it's the same as if you were born in that island. Uh, so we're probably going to get a birth certificate if we uh, still can when we get back. And so I'll have one saying I was born in Chehalis, Washington, and one that says I was born in Lembenwin, Vanuatu. Uh, that should confuse people. Uh, but that's how they view things. Uh, such an amazing opportunity. Pray for that village. That's one of the areas that we're praying to see a church started as we go back. Uh, they gave us a piece of ground. Uh, I was talking a little bit about that earlier today. It was a cursed piece of ground. We didn't know when we got it. Uh, at least they believed it was a cursed piece of ground. And after the first night and we were untouched and everything was okay, it uh, was proclaimed that the light had returned to Vorlislis. And we are praying for the light to come to Vorlislis and have an opportunity to see a church in that village so pray for that area. This is the same island around the other side. Pastor Nicholson has his church building. Uh, Pastor Nicholson, I was telling the Bible college students earlier today in the uh, institute that he had been a pastor for 30 years before he ever heard the gospel. And he's looking at now the difference between his life and that uh, empty ministry that he told me before and what Jesus Christ has allowed him to do now uh, just a huge opportunity. In many ways, it's a smaller ministry than what he had before, but it's one that's preaching the truth, that can make a difference in lives that's not empty. Uh, pray for Pastor Nicholson and continued growth in his village. Uh, there's so many testimonies and so many things that I could talk to you about that we just simply don't have enough time in, in one evening. Uh, pray for our Bible college men. We have uh, two young men that are active in Bible college right now. One that is uh, very intent on finishing, but he, is, uh, he has a scholarship in Fiji where he's continuing his education there. Uh, he's asking me to find a good, solid Baptist church for him in Fiji, so he has a desire to make sure that he uh, continues to grow while he's there and wants to finish his Bible college when he's able to return to Vanuatu. Uh, his name is Stephen. Pray for Stephen. He has asked for prayers that he would stand strong and have the courage to witness to his roommates. He's sharing a room with a total of five, so four other young men. And all four are very strong Seventh-day Adventists. And he grew up in a very religious family. His father is a well-known preacher, but he had never heard the gospel. And so he wants a prayer for courage to share the gospel and to be able to reach those four boys that are staying in the room with him. 
Uh, pray for Stephen. Uh, Ronald and Hosea. You saw Hosea. Hosea was 12 years old when we first got to Vanuatu, one of our youth. We saw him saved and baptized and growing through the youth. He's leading the youth now. Uh, amazing what God has used him to do. He's got a brand new baby boy of his own, uh, just continuing to grow, has a heart to serve the Lord, feels that God has called him to preach, to pastor. He's not sure exactly where yet, uh, but he knows that where God would have him right now is in the youth and working. He and Ronald have taken the prison ministries while we're here on furlough, and uh, they're going to keep the prison ministries. I'm not taking them back when we go back. This is a ministry that God has put in their hands and put in their heart to do and part of their service to him. So continue to pray for Ronald and Hosea or pray for them. Uh, there's so many, I said so many more. Take a prayer card, please. Have a look at the things that are on the back display. We have a few items that give a little bit of a taste of Vanuatu. Uh, ask us what they are if you don't know what they are. And we can give you a little bit of the history of each item that's there. And pray for us. But one of the things I always say since deputation, and I mean ever bit as much today, maybe even more, is pray for our people first. Uh, there's 80-plus islands that make up the country of Vanuatu, and the only way Vanuatu is going to be reached is if we have men like Hosea and Ronald and Stephen, men like Nicholson, to go out and to reach their nation. Uh, 80 islands, we can't be in 80 islands, but our people can. And pray for more men to come, to be willing to, to stand up, to face the... Uh, the persecution that they face from family to go out and to preach God's word uh, out in their islands and their villages throughout the country. There's a lot of work to be done in Vanuatu still. Uh, we are very much still just getting started. Uh, I think we could spend our entire life there, and Lord willing, we will, uh, and we'll still just be getting started. Uh, pray for the future of the country of Vanuatu, for the islands, the villages that have no gospel presence yet, uh, there's so much need. Uh, Ronald's dad down to the south. And if you'd go ahead and turn, open your Bibles, turn to Genesis uh, 24. Genesis chapter 24. And while you're turning there, uh, Ronald's dad is from an island down to the south. Some of you, if you're familiar with the New Hebrides and the history before independence, the New Hebrides, this is where John Patton. So if you've studied mission history at all, uh, if not, uh, I am honestly a little bit biased towards mission history in Vanuatu and the New Hebrides, but it is one of the most powerful mission stories you can read on uh, the life and the things that he faced uh, while he was ministering there in uh, Vanuatu in the island of Tana and Anawa down to the south. This is Ronald's Island, and he's faced a lot of persecution, a lot of challenge uh, since he really truly came to know Christ, was baptized, growing in the church, trying to reach his family. Uh, in the island of Tana, they have a, a religion that's called the John Frum Movement. And John Frum, it used to be John Frum America, and then they realized uh, they sent actually a couple of men to America and found out that it is not heaven, um, it is not paradise. And so they dropped America and it became just John Frum. And John Frum is a mixture of this uh, cargo cult, this man that was supposed to return, their volcano god and the traditional beliefs of Paraparaumu, and uh, Jesus Christ returning to the earth. And it's all been merged together in the John Frum uh, movement. And on the island of Tana, there is a uh, large presence of 
uh, missionary Baptist churches, but they have all become John Frum churches. And so Tana has a huge need. We get a lot of people that will come to us and say, oh, you're Baptist. And then they learn very quickly that we're not John Frum Baptists. Uh, we get people ask, oh, that John the, John the Baptist Church, what is that? Uh, but we are not the same, that we stand on God's Word and God's Word alone and nothing else, that we preach Jesus Christ. And that's very different than what happens in the island of Tana. Ronald's dad has gone back, and he is trying. He was a pastor in Tana for many years, and he has gone back to try and, and teach what he's learned and is praying that Ronald or another man will be able to come and to see a church started in Tana. So pray for the island of Tana. Uh, so many prayer requests that I could give you and, and testimonies. But tonight, I do want to leave a little bit of time, uh, maybe at the uh, end of the message, to give some questions as well. If you have a few, be thinking of those, as your pastor has said, and I would be happy to try and answer them. I'm not afraid to say I don't know, so if you ask me a question I don't know, I will do my best to find an answer for you and get you an answer. But in Genesis uh, 24, go down to verse 27, and I just want to start with this one verse this evening, and if you'd stand with me uh, for the reading of God's Word in verse 27. So Genesis 24, verse 27, says, And he said, Blessed be the Lord God of my master Abraham, who hath not left destitute my master of his mercy and his truth. I being in the way, the Lord led me to the house of my master's brethren. Let's pray. Lord, I, Lord, I thank you for the chance to be here this evening. Lord, you know the heart of each and every one of us that's here. Lord, I pray that tonight you would use, Lord, what you're doing in Vanuatu, what you've allowed us to be a part of, Lord, your work. Lord, I pray that you would use your word to, to challenge, to encourage us tonight. Lord, I pray that you would work in our hearts, in our lives. Lord, use me, and I pray that the message tonight, Lord, would be purely yours, your word, not mine. Lord, that you see what oftentimes we don't even see in ourselves. And Lord, I pray that you would look into our hearts, our lives tonight, and Lord, I pray that you would provide what we need, Lord, through your word. And I pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. In Genesis 24, there's that one phrase, and I was asked for a uh, title, and it works for a, a good title for the message, I being in the way. And that's what I want to look at a little bit. There's uh, two ways. Your pastor had asked me if I like word studies, and I love uh, playing with words, because in Bislama, words work really hard. There's a very small vocabulary, and so each word can have multiple meanings, and uh, it's fun to see how far you can stretch the language to get it to say what you need to, to make it uh, fit with uh, what you're trying to teach and trying to get across. Uh, in English, even, there's a lot of uh, opportunity for that. When we have that saying, I being in the way, there's at least two main uh, ways that you can take that short phrase. I being in the way can either be a negative or it can be a positive thing. I being in the way, this is something that I tend to do. I did tonight that I was standing right out in the middle of the way and blocking the uh, traffic for people trying to come in. And sometimes that's one way we can read it. I being in the way. And we're in the way of somebody or something or something that needs to happen. 
And that's one way we can look at that phrase, saying, I being in the way. Another way is the way that we see here in Genesis 24, talking about being in the way that he was in the place that he needed to be. He was in the way that he needed to be. And because he was where he needed to be, God was able to show him what he needed to see. It says, I being in the way, the Lord led me to the house of my master's brethren. Uh, The first thing I want to look at just briefly here tonight is that first one. I being in the way. If you go to Numbers chapter 22, hold your place in Genesis. We will come back in uh, just a little bit. But go with me uh, briefly to Numbers 22. This is an example of another man that was in the way. But unlike the example that we see in Genesis 24, this is a man that was in the way. He was not following uh, God's a perfect will for his life. He was not walking in the way that he was. He was in the way. In Numbers 22, verse 21, probably a name that many of you are familiar with. It says, And Balaam rose up in the morning and saddled his ass and went with the princes of Moab. And God's anger was kindled because he went. And the angel of the Lord stood in the way for an adversary against him. Now, This is starting off to be a very bad day for Balaam. He's going against God's will. The anger of God was kindled against him. This is not a good position to be in, right? It says right here that the Lord stood in the way for an adversary against him. This is not where we want to be in our lives. This is not a a way that we ever want to find ourselves in where God is standing in the way as an adversary against us. And he continues, if we read, says, Now he was riding upon his ass, and two servants were with him, and the ass saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way, and his sword drawn in his hand. And the ass turned outside out of the way and went into the field, and Balaam smote the ass to turn her into the way. So his donkey is seeing what he is unable to see. Now, whether it was through his own determination to do things his way, through his preoccupation with his own ideas and his own plans, but we have a situation here where the donkey that he's riding is seeing far more that's in the road and the path before him than what the master, the rider, the owner is supposed to see himself. Again, not a very good place to find yourself in. But it's something that if we're not careful, we can do without even realizing we're doing and end up walking down a path that we don't see and we don't recognize the things around us for what they are. And maybe everybody around us can, but we fail to see it because we're so focused on one thing. And we end up being in the way. Balaam here was very much in the way. Verse uh, 24, if you go down. It says, but the angel of the Lord stood in a path of the vineyards, a wall being on this side and a wall on that side. And when the ass saw the angel of the Lord, she thrust herself unto the wall and crushed Balaam's foot against the wall, and he smote her again. The second time now, that from Balaam's point of view, his faithful animal, his faithful donkey is now, for whatever reason, while he has this in his mind, rebelling against him and his day is in his mind getting worse. He's crushed his foot now, trying to go between. You notice each time the way gets a little bit narrower, and he's crushed his foot. He's angry about this. If you continue, 
It says, and when the, or when the ass saw the angel of the Lord, she thrust herself onto the wall and crushed Balaam's foot against the wall, and he smote her again. See, Balaam's problem was that he was in the wrong place. In verse 28 and 30, uh, it talks about this. It says, And the Lord opened the mouth of the ass, and she said unto Balaam, What have I done unto thee that thou hast smitten me these three times? See, we've seen two of them already. If you go up just a little bit to verse 26, it says, And the angel of the Lord went further and stood in a narrow place, and there was no way to turn, either to the right hand or to the left. Finally, it comes down to the uh, sticking point, if you will. There's no place to turn. There's no other option. You go or you don't. There's no place to the right. There's no place to the left. This is it. And we see the response again. And when the ass saw the angel of the Lord, she fell down under Balaam. And Balaam's anger was kindled, and he smote the ass with the staff. This time, his donkey just simply laid down on the ground underneath him refused to move a step further. Now, if you put yourself in Balaam's point of view, everything seemed to be conspiring against him. Everything that used to be faithful, everything that used to be what he wanted, it's all conspiring against him. And instead, what was happening here is he missed the point. His foot was crushed, not because God was uh, wrong or... You know, we sometimes get and we have things that happen in our lives and hindrance and we can go through and say, you know, Lord, why did you allow this? Lord, why did you, you do this? And when you're in a place like Vanuatu, it's not always easy. There are times that are uh, certainly more challenging than other times. And one of the things that we always uh, try to remember when we are facing difficult times is to ask, is it because I'm in the way? Because sometimes if we're in the way, we get our foot crushed. We have things going against us. Nothing seems to be going the way that we want it to go. And sometimes there's a very good reason why. That the very best thing for us is for everything to go against us in the way that we're trying to go. And this is what was happening to Balaam. In verse 28 uh, where we started, it says, And the Lord opened the mouth of the ass, and she said unto Balaam, What have I done unto thee, that thou hast smitten me these three times? And Balaam said unto the ass, Because thou hast mocked me, I would there were a sword in mine hand, for now I would kill thee. Balaam's just a little bit upset at this point. This is a bad day for him. But what he doesn't understand and what he sees here shortly is this could have been a whole lot worse of a day than what it was. If we look down at verse 30, it says, And the ass said unto Balaam, Am not I thine ass, which thou hast ridden ever since I was thine unto this day? Was I want ever to do so unto thee? And he said, Nay. He says, Look, have I ever disobeyed you before? Have I ever done this before? Have I ever crushed your foot before? Have I ever refused your orders before? Have I ever laid down and refused to take one step further? And Balaam had to admit in the middle of his anger, Well, no. No, you haven't. If we continue, verse 31, Then the Lord opened the eyes of Balaam, and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way, and his sword drawn in his hand, and he bowed down his head and fell flat 
on his face. And the angel of the Lord said unto him, Wherefore hast thou smitten thine ass these three times? Behold, I went out to withstand thee, because thy way is perverse before me. That word perverse means bent. It's not the straight way. You're in the wrong way. At some point in time, Balaam, your way has bent. Your way has turned. You're in the wrong way. Balaam, you are in the way here. It says, verse 33, And the ass saw me and turned from me these three times. Unless she had turned from me, surely now also I had slain thee and saved her alive. And Balaam said unto the angel of the Lord, I have sinned, for I knew not that thou stoodest in the way against me. Now therefore, if it displease thee, I will get me back again. Now, this isn't a full study of Balaam's life, and if you are familiar with Balaam's life, this is most definitely not the end of the story. Okay? But in our lives, sometimes we find ourselves in a situation similar to it where sometimes everything goes against us, and it's not because God is trying to uh, ruin us. It's not because He wants us to suffer. It's not because people around us uh, are against us. Sometimes it's simply because our way has gone off the straight way. It's bent a corner that it shouldn't have. It's become perverse, to use the word that the Lord used. It's become bent. And we're no longer in the way that we should be. Now we are in the way. And sometimes we need to have things that come into our life to remind us, to get us to that point where we have to answer, well, you know, no. And God can open our eyes and show us a little bit of what's around us that we've been blind to. To be careful that we're not in the way. We've had times where discouragement comes, and every time my wife will often ask me, says, okay, fine, if everything's this bad, if everything's this horrible, let's just pack our bags and let's go someplace else. And kind of like, uh, now I hate to even say this, maybe I shouldn't, but kind of like Balaam, I have to stop and say, yeah, but where else would we go? What else could we do? And there's nothing else. I have to go through and say, you know, is there anything else in life, in this world? Is there anything else that you would rather do? Any place else that you would rather be, even in those hard times, and you have to answer and begrudgingly say, nay, no, there's not. And you start to realize, all right, Lord, it's me that's in the way, isn't it? And we can allow him to start opening our eyes at that point. And if we'll follow him, we can find what we saw. If you go back to Genesis 24. It says, I being in the way. Down there in verse 27. And he said, Blessed be the Lord God of my master Abraham, who hath not left destitute my master of his mercy and his truth. I being in the way. The Lord led me to the house of my master's brethren. No hindrance, no roadblocks. The Lord is not standing as an adversary against him. In fact, because he is in the right way, he was able to see exactly what God had planned, and he gave God completely the glory for everything. He claimed none of it for himself. I, being in the way, through Acts chapter 9, we won't go because of time tonight, but we see another man, and we see a man named Saul who was walking in a way of his own. And God stood in the way against him, except unlike Balaam, 
we see that Saul bowed instantly before God, recognized who it was that was in his way. And we see his life, his path, everything about his way change in that moment that he saw the light of his Savior, Jesus Christ. Not just a new way or a new name, but a new man in Jesus Christ. Back in Genesis 24, he said, I being in the way, the Lord led me. The Lord led me. Now go with me to Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10. I'm going to have to, uh, I promised that I would leave a little bit of time for questions, so I will uh, do my absolute best to make sure that that is the truth. <laughs> go with me to Mark chapter uh, 10, verse 52. Mark 10, 52. We have a man here that in Mark chapter 10, verse 52, it says this. It says, And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight. We have a man here that was blind, and after he received his sight, he has permission from Jesus himself to go his own way. What would you have done in that situation, that circumstance? It's just something I like to think about sometimes. If you were in that situation that you've been blind and all of a sudden Jesus has opened your eyes, you have your sight, and he says, go, go your way. Oh, I need to go tell, and you've got maybe all of these things. I need to go see. Oh, I've always wanted to see something that people have talked about. I've got to go visit, and maybe this huge list of things this miracle has happened in my life for the first time ever I can see. Now I'm going to go my way and do all of the things that I've wanted to do through my life. What would, we, what would we think about? And the response that we see here, Jesus has said, Go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight. But look at what he did. It says, And follow Jesus in the way. Immediately he said, all right, Lord, I will, but my way is your way now. Out of all of the things in this world that I could see, out of all of the people that I could go visit, out of all of the wonders that maybe he had dreamed about, Lord, the best thing that I could possibly do with my life, with this new sight, with this, this miracle that you've given to me, my eyes are open, and Lord, my way is your way. I'm following you. I'm following you. In Amos chapter 7, verse 15, it says, And the Lord took me as I followed the flock, and the Lord said unto me, Go, prophesy unto my people. Now, therefore, hear thou the word of the Lord. Right out in the middle of his work with the flock, and God says to him, the Lord says unto him, Go, prophesy unto my people. And instantly we see, it says, Now, therefore, hear thou the word of the Lord. Not... Well, in just a little bit, let me take care of the sheep. I've got to find a replacement first. I, you know, my family, they're going to get worried. I've got to go. And in a little while, Lord, I'll, I'll do that. No, and we see his response. If you go with me to Matthew chapter 18, or sorry, Matthew chapter 4, verse 18. Matthew chapter 4, verse 18. This will be the last place that uh, we'll look. 
Matthew chapter 4, verse 18. Just one more example. And the Bible is full of example after example after example of what is the best way for our lives. Each of us has a different uh, road, different options. We have freedom that God has given for us to be able to, well, to go our way. When we come to Jesus Christ, when we are saved, when that darkness, that blindness is removed, we have the freedom to go our way. And sometimes we do. We say, all right, Lord, thank you so much for this. I'm going to go, and we've got all of these things that, that we want to do. Sometimes that's not the way that God had intended for us. He gives us that freedom. But how much would we miss if we didn't follow Jesus Christ in his way? How much would that blind man have missed if he said, all right, Lord, thank you, and gone back to his house? Instead of saying, but Lord, your way is my way now. In Matthew 4, 18, it says, And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brethren, Simon called Peter and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And he saith unto them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. So they're right in the middle of their task, their job, their work. They have the net right there with them. They are casting a net into the sea because... They're fishers, for they were fishers. And he saith unto them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And they finished their shift, brought in the fish, talked to dad to explain things a little bit, found somebody else to take care of the boat, washed the nets, hung them, let them dry. Well, no, what does it say? It says, I will make you fishers of men. And they straightway left their nets and followed him. Have you ever thought how much those two men would have missed if they had said, Jesus, maybe tomorrow, we're, we're right in the middle of fishing today. How much would they have missed in their life? Matthew chapter 9, verse 9. It says, And Jesus passed forth, forth from thence. He saw a man named Matthew sitting at the receipt of custom, and he saith, Unto him, follow me. And he arose and followed him. Right in the middle of work, a table full of money, men and responsibilities, and he stood up and walked away from all of it and followed Jesus. No hesitation. How much would we miss if this man, Matthew, had said, well, after my shift, if you come back this evening, Lord, I'll follow you then. Let me find somebody to sit down at the table. There's, there's a lot of money here. I, I need to get that taken care of first. But he arose and followed him. How much would Matthew have missed if he hadn't followed his Savior, if he hadn't followed Jesus Christ? We're reading out of Matthew. In our lives... That saying, I being in the way, can be one of two different ways. And when you pray for us, when you pray for our men in Vanuatu, pray that we wouldn't be in the way. Pray that they wouldn't get in the way. That they would never find themselves in opposition to God himself, with him blocking their way. And if they did, to realize what it is, and to humbly bow before him and follow him to change their ways. Pray for Vanuatu, please. Pray for us. But at the same time, a challenge, maybe an encouragement tonight, 
God has so many things for each and every one of us. He has a perfect will for each and every one of us, a way that he has set before us. And we can be in the way or we can be in the way. These men would have missed so much being able to walk with Jesus Christ just from a moment's hesitation. When God asks you, when God gets a hold of us, don't hesitate. There's no telling how much we might miss if we did. See what he has in the way for you. I being in the way, the Lord led me. We do have just a uh, couple of minutes. I did say that I, I wanted to leave some time. Uh, if you do have questions, please come. If you feel that God has uh, a way for you, and maybe you've been fighting against that way, maybe you've, you've got in the wrong way, a way that is perverse, a way that's, that's bent, a way that's off that way that God has for you, he's there and ready and willing to help put you back on the way. And maybe you've missed one or two things, but don't miss any more. See what he has for you. Immediately, it said, see what God has for you. For questions on, on Vanuatu, I do want to give an opportunity. I promise, so I want to make sure I have a chance. Do you have any questions at all about the country of Vanuatu, about uh, our ministries, uh, about our, our young men, our Bible Institute, anything in Vanuatu? Any questions at all this evening? Yes. I didn't actually say that, did I? Thank you. I would have missed that. I talked about, you know, the size of Texas, all of that, and I didn't even say where in the world it was. So Vanuatu is in the South Pacific, uh, northeast of uh, Australia. So if you're familiar with Australia, it's the big one on the map, the bottom right-hand corner there. New Zealand down below, almost, uh, well, not quite in the corner, but down uh, south and east of Australia. If you go straight up from there, that's where Vanuatu is. It's a Y-shaped chain of islands uh, directly west of Fiji. And so that's where we are in the South Pacific. Thank you. Good question. I would have missed that. Uh, any other questions about Vanuatu? Yes. Oh, <laughs> oh where do we... Uh, there's a lot. Really... Let me talk about maybe the opposition that our, uh, our families, our people, our young men, our, our young ladies, our fathers, the, the families face. And a lot of what they face, the opposition, the strongest opposition comes from uh, family for them. That they, there's a very strong tribal system within the country of Vanuatu still. And so the most opposition that people will face will come from their own families to leave the traditional church. And there are, there are churches throughout, like the John Frum movement, that have brought a lot of custom religion into the churches where, like Pastor Nicholson, like Ronald's dad, like Stephen's dad, uh, that have preached, pastors that I've known for their whole lives and have never heard the gospel once, uh, the custom religions have taken over. And so when someone stands for Jesus Christ, when they stand and say, I'm going to stand on God's word and God's word alone, when they make that decision for salvation, they face a lot of opposition. When they make the decision to follow in baptism, then it really hits home. 
Uh, we had one lady whose father told her, her father was an Anglican priest, told her that the church was going to pray that God would kill her for being baptized into the Baptist church. Uh, and that's the way he viewed it, that the Baptist church has stolen your membership. Uh, and she tried to explain, no, I'm not doing this for a pastor or for a church. I'm doing this because God has commanded me to in his word. Uh, she eventually had a chance to lead her father to the Lord. It's one of the villages that as we go back, we have a wide open door to get into, pray for uh, the Banks Islands. There's, again, so many, so many places, but opposition that way. Uh, Hosea, at his wedding, on the day of his wedding, his father disowned him because he wouldn't follow the custom religions in his, in his wedding ceremonies. And so they face huge amounts of persecution that way. Uh, and I could give you example after example of, of men like that, but that is the biggest and one of the hardest hurdles for them to jump, is to count that cost of uh, possibly losing their relationship with their family because of their decision for Jesus Christ. I think that is about the time that we have. So if you have any other questions, please come find us. Uh, talk to us behind. Ask us questions. And uh, if I don't know, like I told you, I'll tell you I don't know, but I will do absolutely everything I can to find the answer for you. Uh, thank you for giving us the opportunity to be here this evening to share just a, uh, well, small part of what God's doing in Vanuatu. Um, please do pray for us, pray for our men, pray for the work in Vanuatu. There is so much to, to be done, so much work yet, so many islands. Uh, the presentation, it's, it, I mean that from my heart. So please pray for Vanuatu.